Hi, my name is Tony Wynn, and this is the Remotely Software Podcast, where I interview remote software developers to discover how they and their teams work effectively from different locations. This week, I talk with Aaron Mabry. He's been working remotely for three years, and in this episode, he talks to us about hammock programming, tools, being present as a parent, building relationships with coworkers, using time tracking to build good work habits, and tapping into larger tech markets to increase your standard of living. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So I would like you to tell me about what is sitting on your desk right now. So is that a trick question? Because I'm totally not at a desk. No, no, that that's like perfect, right? Tell me about your surroundings. Where are you right now? So normally, under like a normal working conditions, I'm usually hanging out in my hammock, either set up in my living room or set up outside in my backyard. But currently, I am actually in my so-called office, but I'm sitting on a couch with the new MacBook Pro on my lap. I came in here because I have little kids that run around. It was a little bit quieter. And outside, I have a lot of traffic in the back road, so it's kind of noisy. Inside of your office, you you have a couch, and you also have a desk? I have a standing desk. It's motorized. It goes up and down. I have an iMac on that and another display on like floating arms or whatever. But since I got my laptop, I haven't been using it as much. Is there a pattern around when you would be at your standing desk versus when you would be on the couch versus when you're outside in a hammock? That's a good question. I tend to bounce around a lot. Like sometimes, like if I find myself, I've been on my laptop for like, I don't know, like a, a while, like, I mean, you know, days, days and days and days in a row. Sometimes I kind of want a change. And so sometimes I'll go to like, you know, the big display with the double monitors and have some room to kind of spread out. But then also sometimes I feel like can get distracted on that. So much stuff open, whereas the laptop, you know, I, I tend to have only one application all my applications I maximize and I just flip through them all. So yeah. there's only ever like one thing on the screen. So that's, I guess, more helpful for, or like less distracting, I guess. As far as patterns, you know, right now, so I, I'm in Florida. And so the weather is particularly nice outside. So I have been tending to just go straight out to the hammock in the morning and stay out there for, you know, however long. Until well, sometimes until I'm you know done with the day, I'll just go out, chill out in the hammock, and work. Um, so tell me a little bit about the different tools that you use to work remotely. You said you've got a bunch of applications that are running full screen on your laptop. You've got an iMac and a MacBook. What kind of tools do you use? So I've been in the Apple ecosystem for quite a while now. So I've had a MacBook Pro, uh, but then my Mac Pro died, and they still hadn't released a new Mac Pro. You know, this is in the time frame where they Apple took forever to release them. So I decided to get an iMac. So I got the iMac 5K. I super enjoy it. I mean, it's it's a really great machine. And so I set up my whole like development environment there. And then finally, I mean, I don't know. I, I and I got the standing desk and the monitor arms and the second display. You know, all the things. But I, I really missed my portable, like having the freedom to move about. Yeah, so my, my entire development machine is on my iMac. And then when Apple released the, the new MacBook Pro, I picked one of those up. Basically what I do is I just, my MacBook Pro is essentially just like a big SSH client. So I, you know, SSH in, 
and use you know, Tmux and uh, Emacs. That's where I do all my you know programming and editing. Technically, like you know, anytime I run tests or have to pull down something or whatever, it's all happening on the 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 iMac. It's actually really nice because battery life goes like way up because you're not doing anything on the portable except for you know rendering characters to the screen. Nice. So that's nice. So I feel like the battery life does really well. Um, as far as other tools, we use HipChat for kind of like the organizations like chat stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I also run Skype. Um, so me and my other you know coworkers and stuff that I work with, we tend to just run Skype and we just hit each other up on Skype audio most of the time. We do stand-ups every day, and for that we use uh, Hangouts. So we just jump on a Hangout and do that. So those are those are my primary tools. Although I do have to, I do use um, like a you know Google Apps or you know Gmail essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use a an app called Mailplane, which I I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. It's a native application that's been out for over ten years. The developer has had this thing and has been putting in good work on it for like a long time. Which typically, you know, he should have been acquired like eight years ago. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most mail apps either go under or get acquired or exactly. And so, like, I don't know. I just haven't heard very much of anybody using them. And I think it's a great application. So it's a native client that is basically like a really good web view over the top of Google Apps and Gmail and stuff like that. But it's got like native key bindings and it's just super well done. And I don't think it gets enough uh, recognition. So I wanted to plug it. Two different things I wanted to go back to. One of them is... You said that you use Skype audio if you're just like chatting with with a coworker kind of thing, but for your daily standups, you use Google Hangouts. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me why you don't land on one of those? Like, what the advantages of using separate tools in those different circumstances is for your team? So, first of all, some of these things were already in play before I joined. Could you know make the decision and, and change it or whatever? I have like a lot more influence and could probably like, hey, let's dump all these things and use this other stuff or whatever. But it's, you know, it's already habit, I think. I don't like to use Hangouts particularly. I feel like it it kills battery like no other. I don't know. For me, every time I launch Hangouts, it doesn't, yeah, it just seems like it's just pegging the CPU all the time and everything Mm -hmm. else. Not to say Skype is like some like lightweight thing or anything. Ideally, I'd like to move to something else that is, for instance, HipChat has video and, and audio inside of it but i've never even used it before yeah use skype for all the kind of like ad hoc communications and stuff like that and then um hip chat we actually don't use a lot it tends to just be like the thing that catches all the notifications from like github or like you know exceptions and 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 like more of like a notification center for like the developers really we don't tend to do a lot of like actual chat in there which is a little bit of a bummer because I came from a different organization which had a strong, like, you know... Gift culture. Yeah, yeah, strong gift culture, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so I super, super miss that a little bit, but... Gotcha. So one thing that's kind of been in the background of all these answers that we haven't uh, actually talked about yet is tell us a little bit about your the organization that you work for. Like, you don't have to give, give its name. You could if you want to. But how big is it? What are the the different roles uh, that you interact with? Is everybody remote, just some people? Right, yeah. So it's an organization I work with. I've been with them for about, um, oh, I think a little over three years or something like that, roughly. I actually do 
contract for them. They're based out of New York City. I've been contracting with them pretty much as uh, a remote developer. Uh, do mostly Ruby on Rails. Although, not Rails, actually. We actually have a lot more Ruby than we have Rails. Like, our, right now, our, uh, we have, like, 33-something GitHub repositories of gems and Rails apps and then a lot of, you know, um, other, like, infrastructure background processing stuff or whatever. So, in terms of, like, de developers, right now, it's just me and another guy um, as kind of the full-time lead developers. And then we have a QA guy. And then there's the business people. So like, you know, the, the kind of the, the stakeholders of the company, if you will, like the CEO, mm -hmm. COO, and then some like, uh, I guess he's kind of a more like an account guy or kind of like an agency, like uh, he works with like clients and stuff like that, kind of handholds and, you know, does that kind of stuff. Those are the primarily the two people that we work with. There's a lot more other people up in New York. They have like a whole other division that's not technology related specifically um, mm -hmm. that does like a whole other side of things so they have a pretty big office up there but i mostly interact with two or three of the people from up there and uh, whenever we interact everybody gets on hangouts so for instance like the two guys from new york will go to like separate rooms and jump on a hangout it is first class remote i guess you could say um i mean yeah they're up in the office up there but they're kind of doing other stuff in terms of like the technology side of the business um it is you know first class remote so i'm in florida our QA guy is in uh, Atlanta, and then the other developer that we have is in um, Scottsdale, Arizona. We had another guy, too. Um, well, we had a couple of other guys as well uh, over the years. One of the guys that kind of been on from the beginning, he used to just, he used to be all over the place. He was in San Diego, in New York, in Boston. He would, you know, during ski trips or ski season, he would bounce around from Tahoe to Colorado to, you never knew quite where the guy was. <laughs> Nice. You mentioned one of your coworkers is in Arizona, mm -hmm. which is three hours different time zone from you, something like that. Yeah. Is that an issue? Does that impact the hours that uh, you tend to work? Has that played any any role in how work gets done? It feels mostly transparent from my point of view. I don't know how transparent it is from his point of view exactly. I mean, I think he just does all the translations, you know, obviously in his head or whatever, but. It feels like he mostly works on our time, usually. Although we're not super, like, nine to five, like, you know. Yeah, so yeah. so tell me about a typical day. Like, give me hours you're starting and... Well, I mean, this uh, is... Right, so this is Monday morning, right? So it's Monday morning, right. nine o'clock, right? And I'm doing a podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty relaxed for the most part. It's more about, like, just getting your stuff done, really. So we have our daily stand-ups. Now the team's a lot smaller... A lot of times we've already been on the call or like on Skype talking about something else already. So sometimes we don't even do them. Or for instance, if I'm working remote out from like a coffee shop or something like that, and like the times just are like not super optimal, sometimes we'll punt on it and just pick it up tomorrow. So it's not even like, we're not even like ultra strict about it. We, we used to be, we used to be pretty, pretty like super diligent about it all the time. But we've, you know, over the years, we've gotten to know each other really well and we've kind of loosened up some more and you know, we've got a really, um, you know, I've been working with the same guys for, like I said, like three, three and a half years. So we've got a pretty good flow. But yeah, so typically um, I'll just, you know, start working whenever I get up usually. Or sometimes I'll like do stuff with uh, my kids, my family. And sometimes I won't even pick up the computer until like maybe 10. Who knows? Sometimes I'll get on early. If I have 
like a really good like chunk of work that I that I want to get done and I want to just like kind of dedicate some time to it then I'll tend to get up early and work on it because it's just quieter and I can just really like zone in on it I find that works better for me personally but you know if it's just kind of a like a regular day I'll just you know whenever I get up so that usually tends to be around between seven and nine is usually somewhere in there and then the only thing like our you know I was talking about our stand-ups that's technically at 145 we used to have them at uh 1145 back in the day but we actually changed it because what would happen is we'd get to this midpoint in our day like you know noon and we'd get on the stand-up, and it was, like, totally just, like, context switch, like, really bad. Like, so we'd be in the middle of something, and then we'd have to stop exactly what we are doing, get on, you know, stand-up. And then sometimes like, on Mondays and Thursdays, we have a follow-up call that we get on with the New York people. Yeah. And that sometimes, you know, you never know with that call. Like, that could be done in five minutes, or they could just drag it out talking about who knows what for an hour. It's hit or miss. And right. it would totally just blow up all anything that we were trying to get done that day you know the developers were like hey let's just move all the calls out later so we moved everything out to 145 i know that that helped todd the guy in arizona so that particular change helped him a lot because 10 o'clock his time is a little bit earlier and so it just really kind of hosed him so moving it moving it out was um a really good idea and uh, we actually used to not use hangouts all the time but we found that the video call really helped everybody like see each other. And we had like um, the results of the calls were a lot better because you could see kind of, you could empathize better with the other person. Perhaps you guys were on two different sides of an argument, but at the, right. the end of it, you weren't like mad at each other or whatever. Cause you could kind of, I don't know, you just can work with people better when you can see them. Um, I'd be interested to know, like you've been, you've been working remote at this place for three years and that was that that's your first remote mm -hmm. uh, kind of gig, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like being remote has changed the way you work other than like the obvious, like you are in a hammock? Are there like non-obvious ways that, that the mechanism of, of how you work, what you tend to do, how you tend to communicate has changed other than in non-obvious ways? Like I don't turn to my coworker. Are there kind of other non-obvious things, I guess, that have changed as a remote that's a good question. I don't know. So I tend to be one who could probably work a lot, <laughs> um, quote unquote, work-life balance. Maybe an office would force me to go home more or something like that. But I don't. I don't know. I think that I was gone. I think I was way more. I guess when I, being remote, I'm at my house more, so I interact with my kids like a lot every single day, all day, and so like I think that that's really important. I'm not just like the face of a guy who shows up at the house at five o'clock, right? And, right? and 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 I'm gone before they even wake up, right? Like I'm here all the time, and I think that that's super important. At least that's that's super important to me. You know, I might be outside and I might be saying like, "Hey, I'm on a call, go inside," you know. But I'm still there. Like I have like a presence there. I that's that's the thing that I wouldn't be able to kind of walk away from it being I even if it was like a gig where it's like oh you only have to come in like once or twice 
a week or whatever, I still am like, uh, like we're a one car family. We have been ever since me and my wife were married, been like married for like 11 years. We have three kids. The, the idea of either having to like Uber there or like, you know, manage the car situation with my wife, like she has to stay home whenever I'm at work or having to go get another car or something like that. Seem all, all of those options seem like super off putting. I, I can't, I can't see myself doing anything else other than that and also the kind of the flexibility now i know not all remote places are i mean some remote places are just as bad as being in a cubicle somewhere right like you have to be in the seat you know nine to five and your your hip chat light needs to be on all the time and you know everything else i that is not our culture so i'm really thankful for that sometimes uh you know after after our calls or whatever last uh thursday is my daughter's birthday and I ended up just like telling everybody, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be on the, the calls today. And it was fine. It, it's, it's really flexible. It's not like I had to file a personal time off request or, you know, some silliness, um, which is also a reason why I kind of, so they've offered me like to be like an actual employee. And I think that that's why I chose to stay W or uh, not W2. They offered me W2 and I chose to stay, you know, spe- specifically a contractor. Yeah, because I... I want to control my own destiny, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's super important to me. So I, I would have gotten more benefits the other way, but they're not beneficial to me in the way that I see my life. So. Are there other ways that you've been able to take advantage of, uh, of being remote? Obviously being able to be super flexible, not having to be seen in an office to know that you're working. What other ways have you taken advantage of, of being remote? I, I don't know if I've taken, uh, so there are things that I want to do more now that I'm remote. Like for instance, I've been talking to my wife about like living on the road, <laughs> right? Like I, I would, I, I think that that would be super, super cool, right? Like to get like a, like a travel trailer or like an RV or something like that and go cruise around. Like, in fact, I have a family reunion thing up in Washington state up at the very tip in Port Angeles, like in June thinking about just taking the entire month off and like literally driving from Florida all the way diagonally across the country and with my family and just kind of like camping along as we go or like um, making a whole thing of it right for like the whole month and and I'm not talking about like I mean I might take the whole month off of work I don't know if I'll be able to swing that entirely but I could certainly like you know take part of it off obviously whenever I get up there but like I could work from the road right like literally I've been talking to my wife like, hey, we could go live it on the road for like a year or two. And just like, you know, we have little kids there, you know, they're not too big yet. We can pack them into tight little spaces and take (laughs) off. (laughs) Nice. Any other kinds of plans that wouldn't be possible without this kind of flexible remote? I like to go downtown and work. Sometimes I know you work remote too, and we kind of live in the same Mm -hmm. town. So we'll sometimes go meet up at, you know, downtown and we're technically both working remote, but we're working in the same location. That's always kind of fun. We bounce around and get lunch and whatever. And another one of my buddies also works remote too. So I've gone and hung out with him as well. So you don't have to be alone in your house, right? Like you can meet up with other people and go hang out and work together somewhere. And, you know, as a bonus, I always put my hammock in my, in my backpack when I go out because who knows, you know, you might find yourself between two trees. Nice. <laughs> Is there any advice that you would give, well, from two different perspectives, one to an individual that's starting their first remote job, and then as a follow-up, 
to an organization that's thinking about starting to do remote for the first time? The first one is, let's see. So, uh, you know, whenever you talk, say, oh, I work from home or whatever, people like immediately jump, oh, I could never do that. I'd be too distracted. I'd be so like, whatever. Yeah, I, I had the exact same like feelings whenever I first started. So I was fortunate enough to whenever I started here, it was a little bit bumpy in the very, very beginning. But quickly, I got in with kind of the at the time, he was kind of the, the lead guy. And uh, we just clicked really well. And so I, I forgot to mention. So whenever we first started, we, um, we would do like pairing 100%. So we would pair all the time. Pair programming. Pair programming, yes. yes. Yep. For people who don't know. Two programmers working on the same same code. That really helped me, you know, learn the ropes of remote and like kind of that other person kind of kept me on the rails, if you will. Like just really it helped a lot until I formed my own habits and, and my own um just until I learned the ropes, right? So that was super, super awesome. And so like from that perspective, it's like, you know, find somebody in the organization who, you know, you can, you know, work with and, and don't be alone, right? Like I've been at other organizations where I, I went there and it was, you know, it was an awesome, awesome place to work. You know, we had catered lunches, we had the ping pong tables, we had, you know, all the, you know, beer on tap and whiskey Wednesday and all the things. But when I got there and I was working it still felt like I was alone. Like, yeah, we'd go have lunch and laugh and have a good time. But like during actual, you know, work or whatever, like everybody's just like plugged into their headphones and like you can't ask questions or really like learn about like, uh, it was just, it was really hard. It was, it, was, it was really hard. So that was an example of where I, I was going into a place and I felt more alone than I did working at this remote gig. At this remote gig, we, we kind of like are like, a, honestly, like a little family, like literally three of us developers, we f flew into Todd's place in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we did a camping trip, just the three of us, like all the way up to like Horseshoe Bend and, you know, all the way up into, nice. into Utah. And uh, we stayed, stayed in Sedona. It was, it was amazing. It was great. It, like we, we were like... Um, and we went on a ski trip and like, so we, we have, I guess it's more about the people who you work with than the, the actual, whether you're remote or not. Right. So I worked with really awesome people in a place that wasn't remote, but whenever it came down to actually doing the job, like everybody was like kind of out for themselves, or at least that's what it felt like for me as the new guy. But then this gig, I was fortunate enough to get in, you know, I clicked really well with them and it really helps. So you gave some advice to an individual, like definitely find a champion to connect with, get as much coaching kind of as you can and be intentional about that when you're remote. Do you have any advice kind of for the organization side of things? For remote specifically? Yeah. I can't think of any. I mean, I like I like the fact that, you know, now that we're on Hangouts, you know, everybody is on Hangouts, right? Like, so it's like, you know, they could all be in an office together you know, sharing, you know, and the, the video camera could be staring at the wall and they could all be having a conversation that you're trying to like listen in on and trying to pipe into. And, and, and that's, you know, we've actually done a little bit of that and that's not super great. Um, I think the best is whenever we're all on Hangouts together and everybody individually so that everybody's kind of on the same playing field, really. Yeah, so you're describing like don't have a video camera inside of a conference room and have five people 
on that video camera. Yeah, and like, oh, we'll take questions from the chat. Like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that's um that's yeah, that's not a good that's not a good time for your remote people. I honestly feel that you're going to find better developers who are going to work remote because they've done it and, you know, they're good enough to kind of they don't have to go to a place they can find work remote. I feel like you're going to find better people for remote because they're just not going to like me, like I'm not going to go to another gig where I have to go into a place, right? Like I'm going to work remote. Um, I think that once people get on that train, they don't want to get off. And so I would expect more like senior um, developers to have gotten on that train a while back and kind of don't want to give it up, right? From an organization, if you're trying to find like good people who are also like self, um, self motivated, right? Like they can get stuff done. They don't have to come into a place to like, I mean, certainly I'm sure there's people out there who kind of take advantage of it and ruin it. And I, I hope that, I hope that as remote gets more and more popular, that more and more people don't like screw it up. Right. Like that's kind of (laughs) my, my, uh, I'm hoping that this remote thing is for like the long haul. It's not just like a fad and then we all go back to cube farms or whatever. I, I really hope that, you know, as they bring in a lot more you know new people to it, that they don't ruin it for everybody else, right? That they, they recognize that it's a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom, but yeah, to, to not mess it up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. When you got this gig, were you looking for something remote? Had that been something that, that was important to you before? I had never worked remote. Well, I mean, I did, we used to do like, um, like a couple days in the office, a couple days out sort of thing. And that's, that's not bad. It's kind of fun to go into the office and kind of mix it up or whatever. I I wasn't looking for it. Um, specifically, I had a lot of the same reservations that whenever you talk to people about, Oh, I do remote. Like I was like, Oh, I I don't know if I'll be able to work from home. I got, you know, three kids. Um, it's going to be loud. I'm going to get distracted or I'm going to, you know, whatever. I had those same reservations, but once I got it and once I like kind of got accustomed to it, it's just awesome. And so like one thing that I did is I was super like, I just wanted to make sure to myself that I was, you know, providing value. So I was like super, super diligent about like time tracking. So they don't require me to like submit my hours or like any like a breakdown of my hours or anything silly like that. Um, like, what were you doing? Can you prove it? You know, anything like that. Uh, but I would really take like painstaking time to like fill out like I have a little time tracking app and um, I would do new line entries every time I'd context switch to other stuff. Sometimes a line entry would be like five minutes and I mean a whole day could have like 20, 30 different things on it possibly or one maybe one day I'm just heads down on something. It's just one thing, right? So I was like super, super diligent about that for like a long time until I formed like really good habits. It helped me keep track of like, actually it helped me from overworking, to be honest. That was the biggest Mm -hmm. thing. The biggest thing for me is like not doing 12 hours or something ridiculous, right? So it helped me know that like, or feel confident or feel okay. Like, so I felt like I needed to provide more value um, so that I was like, you know, worth it or whatever. And, um, so I would just, to me that equated to more, put out more work, you know, like, and I would just work, 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 work. And so that was a big problem for me. So whenever I tracked time really, really, um, diligently, I would, you know, say, this is it. This is, you know, this is, you know, where I cut off at and it, it helped me actually manage things more. And now I've been, you know, I did it actually for like years. It wasn't until like the last like half year or so that I was, uh, or actually, yeah, about whenever I kind of got my iMac and was setting that up, that I was like, 
I don't want to do this anymore because I mean it, it, it was it was just for me right it's just for myself and I feel comfortable now that I know you know where the kind of the boundaries are and yeah. uh, it was it was really good for like a while and that really helped me can you talk a little bit about specifically how that system worked it was called on the job um, there's some weird little bugs so you know if you check it out don't be surprised if things are weird and I would just um, you know it would just be running. And then whenever I would like switch to like a new issue or get on a call or, you know, any of those kind of context switch things, I would just tab over to the thing and hit enter, enter, which would basically, you know, create a new, a new line and type in some description and hit enter and spacebar to start the timer going. And I would just start and stop my timer. Whenever I'd, you know, get off for lunch or go away from my computer, I'd just stop it and then walk away and then come back and start it again. I mean, it's, it's pretty much as simple as that. And I would do that for every day. So I'd break it every day. I would, you know, start fresh and do a new mm-hmm. line item or whatever. Did you, uh, did you do anything with the data? So this is how you're collecting all of it. So it would, XM, it would export as either like XML or CSV or like, you know, some other formats or whatever. And yeah, I, you know, I, I wrote some, some scripts that would, you know, suck those things in and do all kinds of like interesting stats or whatever across everything like for instance sometimes like you know even whenever i was tracking my time i would still like i personally i don't know if this is me or whatever but i kind of ebb and flow a lot so i will go through phases where i'm like for maybe three days i'll do like 12 hours like boom 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 and then like the other days i'll like back off or whatever like i kind of ebb and flow a lot and so i tend to not be like an eight to five kind of person exactly um, sometimes I am. It just depends. I wanted to make sure that, you know, over the entire month, so I bill, bill monthly is, is how I kind of break my invoicing apart. So I, w- I would have things that would kind of like, um, uh, it, you know, I could run it on the, the output file and it would average out and it'd tell me like, oh, in order to, you know, meet your required hours or whatever, you know, you have to work X hours today, right? And sometimes it might be like, oh, you need, you need to work nine hours today because like, you know, you took a short day the other day. Or sometimes it'd be like, you need to work like three hours a day because you worked like way too much before. So it would kind of like, kind of tell me like roughly where I am in the grand scheme of things without me having to do a lot of like, you know, brain math. It was, it was nice. <laughs> I was also wondering if you, if you had any thoughts on what, what you think remote work might look like in 10 years. Hopefully we have fast, unlimited cell data everywhere and I can live by a lake somewhere or like on the road without any downside you're saying yeah without any downside because i mean you can still you can do pretty like i've been researching the heck out of this so i've been really deep in it you can actually i mean now today in today's standards if you can get like a verizon unlimited plan and like a at&t unlimited plan and just kind of like oscillate between those i think that you can be pretty good you still have to be cautious about some things like i'm already like planning it out like Okay, I'm gonna leave my iMac at my brother's because he's got a fiber connection, and that's where my 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 hard drives live. And then I can mail him drives, uh, <laughs> like for like offsite backup rotations, and then he can mail me. Like I'm like I'm already like getting crazy about this because I wouldn't be able to like have the bandwidth to be able to upload straight to the thing, right? So typically, you know, the plan would be like you know, in an ideal world, is you just you know, R sync all the stuff there, or like you know, some other fancy thing, all the stuff to there. But that data pipe is expensive on the road, unless maybe you stop at somewhere. 
but yeah, anyway. So I would I would like to see like more ubiquitous um, untethered internet that is actually you know when they say unlimited they actually mean unlimited and it's you know got good it's more than the bandwidth is is latency really like I just want like really snappy fast stuff. Mm-hmm. So hopefully in ten years we can make strides for that, um, but who knows? You live outside of Tampa mm-hmm. like I do, and you work for a company outside of. New York. There's a lot more opportunity in New York than Tampa, obviously, for the type of things you end up doing. Mm -hmm. How has that kind of the ability to be geographically outside of kind of the hot spots? That's amazing to me. So you and I, we do a couple of meetups here, like tech meetups. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a lot of fun because we get to go like hang out with people. It'd be awesome to do like a tech meetup in say Austin instead, or like, you know, even San Francisco or some of these other, you know, Boulder or like different places. I feel like, you know, it can be tough sometimes here because it is a small, a small uh, market. The benefit, you know, with remote is you can tap into these larger markets. It is for work and you do build good relationships, but I do miss, I wish, I wish we could socialize more with that. Mm -hmm. So that, that is one of the downsides. Um, I think it's a huge upside, right? Like cost of living is dramatically less expensive here, right? Right. And you know, I am, I am a a New York City software developer, so I do really well, right? Yeah, especially whenever you take that same compensation and and plant it here in you know the suburbs of Tampa. That's awesome. So I think that you can use remote to leverage like higher, more expensive markets and really improve your like cost of, or like improve your, uh, your living. Um, yeah, your cost of living. I think that that's, that's a really interesting leverage that I I think hasn't existed in humanity for like a while, right? Like (laughs) that's, that's like a new thing that I don't even think any, everybody's honestly really aware of. So yeah. That's, sure. that's that's awesome. Thanks so much, Aaron. This was great. A lot of awesome tips, a lot of insights into uh, how you work, how it has helped you become successful. So I super appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with me. Totally. It was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, man. Catch you later.